Welcome back to Into the Light, a different life story, my show on YouTube and as a podcast with me, your host, Stefan Neff. Another day, another fantastic day for an interview. And I've got Emile Matei with me. And I'm really excited to have this guy on my show because this guy has actually been dealing with the absolute crucial, crucial skill of shutting up or modifying that inner voice that tries to keep you where it thinks you belong, below down there. Go down there. Who are you to come up to actually try to live a life meaningful? Ha! That, that kind of voice that always tells you, you idiot. You, who do you are? Who do you think you are that you could run a show like that? You a show host? My God. You know, all these kind of crappy voices. Uh, we all have these voices, at least one and sometimes more. And Emil has been thinking about that, and Emil is here to help me on Survival Tuesday to literally become a better man. And maybe there's something for you guys out there as well. Emil, welcome to my show. Thank you very much, Stefan, for that awesome introduction. Um, I'm so excited to be here, and I'm just so excited to raise awareness for your listeners around that little devious voice, just like you say. It's just there to break you down, to grind you into the dust and to keep you back from actually achieving your dreams. So thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, typically when you're young and, and mommy and daddy are asking you, what do you want to be when you grow up? Hey, And typically they say, what do you want to be? Not who do you want to be? But that's a completely different answer. Uh, different question, shall I say. So when you were 10, did you say, hey, mommy, I know I will help other people get better by shutting that inner voice up? Or what did you want no. to do? Honestly, when I was 10, I had one voice. Now, I'm going to get into the two different voices that we have. But I had the one voice that just told me that I was going to change the world and I was going to be very successful. But I had absolutely no idea what the hell I was going to do. Like, no, I went from being a CEO of a company to being a master electrician to flying an airplane to like everything basically under the sun. So if you would tell me I would speak to people and guide them through the inner voice, I would probably say you were crazy. I have a massive fear of speaking to people. That's not what I'm going to do. <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So intrinsically shy uh, initially, um, yet you you felt that there was a destiny. And that's, that's interesting that it was coming out at a very early stage. Often enough, that destiny we only discover through trauma or discover after having gone through often half a lifetime full of not so nice times. You were actually lucky because for you that came about very very early around about 24 you suddenly uh changed what triggered that was there one particular event was there one catalyst or or was that just a series of accumulations 
I really love that question. And there wasn't just one event, there was actually multiple events. And to actually get you to understand and the listeners to understand why I actually went into this, I would just love to tell my background story. So it actually just, it all started when I was 18 years old. So I came out of like a two-year relationship with the first girlfriend I ever had. And it was a very... Uh, how can I say destructive relationship? It wasn't a very uplifting relationship. And that relationship broke me completely emotionally to the point where I actually got addicted to emotional pain. I don't even know if you actually can get addicted to it, but I had that, that I just wanted to feel that pain inside of me. It was like a drug. So for three years, that's how my life went. So from 18 to 21, I just just basically made sure that I fit that pain. I just kept on going it because that, at that moment in my life, that was the only thing that I had. I thought that was the only emotion that I will ever feel in my entire life. And when I was 21 years old, I actually had a manager. I was busy working for a construction company that time where we pulled network cables for companies, uh, for the internet, for the landlines and so on. And we were busy doing an installation in one of the skyscrapers between the 10th and 11th story. And we had to pull this network cable. Now that time with those emotions and everything, I was extremely negative person. I only saw the challenges. I only see how things would go wrong. I never looked at the solutions. So when we was pulling this cable, we ran into like extremely thick beam and we couldn't get through to the other side to actually where they drilled the holes through the concrete to get the cables through. So I called up my manager. I told him, listen, okay, we have a problem. Can't get the cable through. He's like, don't worry, I'll be on site. Just wait for me. Now, when he got on site to make the story a little short, he actually, for every solution he gave me, I gave him a reason why that solution will fail. Now, you can probably understand how frustrating that must be for a person. And by the fifth time I did this, this guy flipped his mind. If you would imagine his head like a volcano, it would have erupted. It literally turned red. And he screamed at me in front of everybody. And he told me, if you continue being so negative and pessimistic and always looking at the problems, you are going to build a life that you hate. You are going to live a life of regret. In five years from now, you're going to hate who you are going to become. And for some reason, this guy managed to pull me out of my past, out of my misery, and he placed me into the future. And for a millisecond, I actually saw my life. I looked back and saw like, shit, he's right. I'm going to create a miserable life for myself. And obviously, I was pissed at the guy. I didn't tell him that at first. I like ignored him for like two weeks. When I went to the office, I would like purposely avoid him. And two weeks later, I told him, listen, what you said to me, like really sank in. I do not want to be this person anymore. I want to change. So he ultimately became my very first mentor that I had. And since that day, I started building that very special relationship that you have with yourself that we are not really taught to build. And three years later, as I was busy forming this relationship, I still had this damn voice in my head that was telling me, Dude, people don't like you. No matter who it was, my best friend, my family, it just continuously nagging me like, 
people don't like you. No matter who you are, that you will never fit in, you'll never belong, and they will always hate you, no matter what you do. And it was bothering me to bits. So at the age of 24, I finally discovered that there was life coaches, the coaching industry actually existed. And this was also the time I opened my very first company, my electrical company. And I actually saw a life coach really connected with her. And I said, okay, let me take the shot. Let me pay the cash. She told me she can help me with this little issue, this limiting belief that I had. Um, let me do it. I've never tried it before. And she was actually the person that showed me where that little voice came from. Now, this little voice of mine, I thought it was me. I thought it was who I am as a person because it was my voice. It was me speaking basically to myself in my head. And what actually happened was when I was in grade two, I had a crush on this girl in my class beautiful girl what I can remember it was like years ago so my memory is a bit foggy on that end and <laughs> anyways I remember that I wanted to ask this girl to be my valentine very first girl ever that I that I wanted to ask and so I got the chocolate I got the little rose I wrote the letter I even Absolutely. had like the little box the yes oh. or no you know all of those little <laughs> things and that day I got to school and I remember I was nervous as, sorry for my French, but fuck, I was very nervous. And I like got out of the car, I went into school, I was trembling and the, 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 the class was on the second story. So I, I like walked slowly up the stairs and I saw a friend of mine stood there. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm first going to speak to her, calm my nerves. And then, then I'll ask the question. And like we spoke a little bit and I saw her came up towards me. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to ask. I'm just, I'm just going to, just going to do it. So I gave it a chocolate. I gave it a rose. I gave it a letter and I asked her, will you be my Valentine? And you know what she told me? I don't know because I ran away. So I couldn't handle the answer. I literally ran. I like bolted away, ran away down the stairs onto the rugby field. And I chilled there for about 20 minutes. And Afterwards, I just, the bell rang. I had to go to class. So I thought, okay, I'll face the music. But afterwards, after they gave us our rosters and everything that we had to go do for the day, um, I'll, I'll ask her, like, what's your answer afterwards? So I got into the class, and she was standing in front of the class with a bunch of her friends. So as soon as she saw me, she walked straight up to me. She looked me in the eye, and she told me, who would ever like anybody like you? in front of the entire class. And everybody laughed at me. True story. And since that day, that little voice was in my head. That little voice like, who would ever like anybody like you? And after a few weeks, that voice changed from being her voice to being my voice. And it controlled my entire school life, most of my 20s. And when I actually decide, when I actually saw this, and it actually came out, I did a visualization, which I teach my client um, to actually get rid of this little voice. I just knew from that point of forward, I need to get this out to people. I need to teach people and make them aware that that voice that you have inside of you that's breaking you down, it's not you. It is 
taught to you. It was maybe your parents, it was maybe a friend, it was maybe a teacher, but someone gave you that voice. You as a person were not created to be so um, to break yourself down so much. You have another voice inside of you, though, that's building you up. But throughout society, that voice is the predominant overall ruling voice that we have as people because it's so forced into us. We always are taught why we're not good enough, why we have to do better. So that's where this little voice actually came from. This is how I discovered that that voice existed. But like I said, I also had this, this other softer voice inside of me that told me you were going to change the world. You're going to help people. You're going to be very successful. And this little voice, I feel that voice we are born with. This is who we truly are as people deep down inside. So I help people just make that switch from, I call this limiting voice, your inner villain, because that's what it is. It's there to break you. It's there to steal you. It's there to just crumble you down and leave you in pieces. But your euro is there to build you up, to remind you who you truly are and to connect you with your purpose in life. And in a short bit, that's basically the story. That's how I got to actually teaching people around the little voice. And if we now go back about just 50,000 years or so, um, <laughs> when we were actually living in small hunter-gatherer communities where between, you know, 12 and 200 people, something like that, it was of utter importance that you are not an ass, that you're not putting yourself first, but you put the, the, the group first, because that was the only way that the group could survive. So that is the background that you would be extremely careful what you would do. And it was so careful, because if, if you staff up, you get ostracized, you get thrown out of the group, which is certain death. Um, so therefore, somewhere along these lines, uh, the feelings of shame and guilt were essentially hardwired in our subconscious. Yeah. And that was a, a pure survival thing at that time. Now, of course, nowadays we have got the same emotions still. Oh my God. And especially if you have got mental health problems and, and addiction, things like that, you're shame and guilt. Wow, these are strong, strong, strong emotions. Uh, they're an overdrive. And guess what? That little voice there feeds of that like mad. So it is, we're, we are fighting not just a hero, as, uh, not just a villain, a super villain here, because ultimately that villain has got very strong energy to feed off. And therefore it becomes so important to address that. The problem of course is most of us have no bloody clue that that epic battle is going on in our head. We only hear the negative voice and that little quiet voice, as, the, as you said, the softer voice. Um, the hero is a very quiet hero. Um, the hero sometimes need to kick up his ass and say, speak up, I can't hear you. Um, it's, you're right. You're absolutely right. I mean, you were lucky to a degree, A, to have that insight. Secondly, you were lucky from a time frame. 
because from your revelation, age 24, to the first Valentine of Obi-6, around about 12, 13, uh, when you had that, there's only about 12 years. Now, I'm starting today. I am 54. So my trauma or my experience might be 40, maybe even 50 years back. Now, I can't remember yesterday, leave alone 50 years back. So how do you go about that? How do you, how do you find the source? So for me, generally, what I do to find the source is you have to look at the emotion that voice gives you. Yeah. So there's always an emotion attached to this little voice. So what I would do is I generally ask my clients, okay, you have this voice. How does it make you feel? physically in your body all right so that it does your chest tighten up does it feel like someone's pressing you or choking you yeah. what, what's the physical feeling and then we trace that generally back as far as you can go back you don't have to have an exact date the the goal with this is, is not to give you the exact date of what happened exactly yeah. it's to give you the awareness and the uh, evidence that it's not you so in most cases, if it's really back and you really can't remember, we'll go into the people that were in your life, friends, family. We look at the people when you were around when you were younger. Which one of those people gave you that same emotion? And generally, that's the person that gave you that little voice because the emotion is always attached to the voice. And this is why to change it, it's critical to change the emotion as well. And to, to become so hyper aware of the emotion, because it's the emotion attached with that voice that actually programs your subconscious mind. And this is ultimately later on, it's so habit, I can say. Like it just runs. You, it, it talks to you, but you don't even register it anymore. It's just, you're so used to it. It just goes. And that's dangerous because you're on autopilot. So you want to become aware of that. And then once you know, okay, cool, maybe it's my grandfather, maybe it's my father, maybe it's my mother. Awesome. All you have to know is the possibility is huge. That person gave you that voice and that's all you need to know. You don't need to know the circumstances. You don't need to know anything else. You just need to know it's not you. It was taught to you by someone in your past. Very true. Very true. And it's, it's virtually always not your voice, isn't it? It is well, not virtually, full stop. It is, we are not born like that. We are born as giggly little, uh, little people who love, not love to fail. No one loves to fall on their butt, but we are used to failing. We're used yeah. to, yes, we fall down, then we get it back up and wipe the tears away and then get on with it. You know, this yeah. is all part and parcel of our childhood. You yeah. falling 20 times on your bottom um, will not be the trauma in your lifetime, rest assured. So what changes? You know, you failed, you failed every single day. Let me eat something. Yeah, no, that didn't work. Okay, let me eat something. No, that didn't work either. Did you cry? Did you call yourself a failure? Do you look at yourself. You can't even get that spoon in your mouth. No, no. So there was once upon a time, you were this happy child. 
And you looked yeah. like, you know, you wore more food on your face than you actually had in your mouth. Did you care? Not a bit. So what changed? When did that bloody switch occur? And that is the, that's an, an interesting concept for me to just verbalize and just realize, actually. So weird. So trade. Uh, it is. Yeah. No, um, just, just a quick to uh, answer that question to you is that switch actually occurred when society, your parents or your teachers start making you aware of your failures. When you were a child, no one made you aware of your failures. They helped you along. They said, okay, cool. You don't eat like this. You, you eat like this. And they encourage you to learn until you figure it out. But when we get older, it's like people start pointing out your failures more. Like you're doing that wrong. You're doing this wrong. Oh, no, you're not good at this. And that is when that voice actually starts coming into fruition. When that voice actually starts speaking to you. And because now you're aware of, oh, there's wrong and there's right. Okay. And most of the time people point out the wrong things. When you do something right, congratulations, woo, you're good. And then they leave it. You do something wrong, you'll get a lecture for 20 hours on why you did it wrong and this and this and this. <laughs> and then that little villain is born. Does, does that answer the question? Uh -huh. To a certain degree, that's very true. And and please, it's behind me, first edition of, of uh, My Steps to Sobriety. We are just about re-releasing it uh, in its second edition. And in there is a chapter where I talk exactly about that and where I talk about criticism and, and how to accept it and how to give it, how to give feedback, mm. etc. And a little background story for me, I've been forever teaching doctors what to do in emergencies. So I'm, I'm an instructor for all these alphabet soup courses of, of advanced life support and trauma life support, all these kind of things. And after all these, in, in all these courses, you basically expose the, the participants to stressful scenarios, let them see how they cope. And then thereafter, there's a critique. And the, the way we teach the critique is, okay, cool, brilliant, thank you, scenarios finished. Okay, what went well? And there's typically a stone cold silence. No one knows, no one says a thing. Um, so we asked the participant first, the team leader, um, what went well? Zero. And then you really uh, offer several scenarios to teach them, hey, look, did you follow a systematic approach? Yes, you did. Did you do the, the basics right? Oh, yes, you did. You did actually very well. Did you communicate well? Yes, you did. And people don't see that all that. The 99% that went well, they don't see. Uh, and then if we if we then open the floor, not just to the participant, but say to the rest of the group, guys, what do you think? Um, and God, the first time around, there he did that. Oh, I saw how he did that mistake. And he, they might have as well taken a chainsaw and cut the guy to pieces. That is how our society works. You focus on the negative. And it's brutal, especially, and, and it seems to be the more, the more, advanced you go in your career, the more brutal the, the, the feedback is. To a certain degree, that makes sense in my field, because if we fuck up, then people die. 
okay, I'll take that. You would be nice to focus on really 100% success and 100% good performance. So that's all cool. I I'll take all that. But but with with you can't you can't exist like that. There is a saying sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. And it's that ability to face adverse circumstances and grow from that that is so wonderful and you can't do that if you if you have failed and now start taking the whip out yeah for the next two years no it is it is what you should say is okay you failed and what a great great starting point last yeah. last saturday i went onto a competition shooting competition and I stuffed up. I went absolutely fine for all the matches. Was actually heading towards a medal uh, in my category. And then I stuffed up in the very last match. And I thought, what the heck? What the heck? Luckily, like you, I have gone on this journey to deal with my inner demons, with these voices. Um, and it's interestingly enough, immediately when I made a mistake that uh, that ruined that match, um, I put my hand up, stop, yeah, mistake, bomb, uh, DQ'd, I'm, no, I fucked up here. And uh, people said, no, 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 keep shooting, keep shooting, that's okay, yes, yes, you fucked up, but finished the, the, the stage, which I did, and I hit well, but all the points were not counted, uh, because I fucked up there. I was okay with that i was okay with other people taking the mick out of me because here i missed the conscious safety conscious and and that stuff up yeah you know a day later the voice came how do you do and it was a very interesting experience in the past i would have taken the whip out myself and oh, the next week i would have not looked in the mirror despite all the work i've done here i am I still, it was about 24 hours in which I'm in a, I was in a really lousy mood. I learned shitloads. I'm grateful for the fact that I made this mistake because <laughs> I will not make the same mistake ever again. So it's good. It's good. But, ah, oh, and that's what we need to teach the people, isn't it? Yeah. It is yeah. make mistakes make them preferably not when you're a doctor and life is life's are at stake <laughs> preferably maybe not when you're a pilot and have got you know yeah. a full airplane behind you and you're now sort of oh oops <laughs> that was a bit fast <laughs> <laughs> okay okay <laughs> you get the idea but we need to to accept that we do mistakes mm -hmm. and that mistakes are a huge opportunity for us to learn and to grow yeah. and to expand our horizons this is where you accept that things have not gone right and now it's time to be uncomfortable there's nothing wrong with that but stop the the, the, the self-flagellation take that un uncomfortable feeling create a mental scar and say yeah okay i fucked up but what can i learn from that what went wrong why did it go wrong Ah, okay. I didn't do that. Okay, fine. So now you're better off. How cool is that? Uh, is how long does it take your clients to come to these to these insights? 
because sometimes this 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 nasty voice is very well ingrained. As I said, it's a super villain, not just a villain. Yeah. I, f I fully that is such a. Uh, I love the way that you explained it, and also the when you said, um, "What can you learn out of this?" This is that is so gold uh that I, and i just need to erase this point because a lot of people when they look at the when they do fuck up and they do these problems they never ask themselves okay but what's the i ask myself what's the blessing this problem is giving to me because there's always a blessing there's always a lesson behind it so i just want to like highlight that a little bit um and because that's so important now to answer your question it's my clients generally I, I teach them how to master that law of voice in a five-step process um, I call the Lika method. And Lika basically is locate, identify, conscience, change, and adventure. Now, by the third step, conscience, when they start being conscious around what that voice actually uses, the superpowers it uses to keep you trapped, which is your thoughts and your phrases, the only two um, things that actually uses. Because conquer that, conquer those two areas, you conquer every area of your life. It, it is just, you don't have to make physical changes, just change your thoughts and your phrases and the physical change will automatically start coming in. Now, my clients only realize it when we start going into from conscience to change. Then they start seeing, oh shit, okay. It's what I say to myself. It's actually what I think to myself. And then that's which really occurs down there when they actually change the first thought. So let's say like one of my clients had this thought. She said, I'm always tired. I'm always tired. And she was always tired. And I told her, all right, cool. What about we change it? And instead of saying, I'm always tired, you just say, I feel tired. And a week later, she came back to me. She's like, holy shit. I have so much energy. I, I, I can't, I can't understand this. Like my tiredness just went away. And then I'm like, yes, that's how simple it is. It's if you say I am, you're associating your identity with the feeling. When you say I feel it's you name it, what it is, it's a feeling. It will pass. It will go. And that's generally when my clients start like, and then when, when they do that, and coupled with the last step, and, I, and I'm going to share this um, a bit later or just now, now um, on what, what's so important to use your emotions to fast track this whole process. And when they when they figure that out, they like go on steroids, basically. They want to change every thought. They're like, God, I want to change da, da, da. And it's so amazing <laughs> because they don't actually see it and everything starts changing. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, that's when they really realize, holy shit, okay, I can actually, I can change it. I can do this. Oh, that's amazing. And it is, and it's so powerful because ultimately you have failed. You're not a failure. And yeah. that's, that's such a huge distinction. And that's, uh, I would like to go back and, and take that person who put that you're a failure forward in me. I would like to, <laughs> honestly, um, but it is so strong. It is so, so, so strong. Oh. Okay, so you, here you were, you're, you're 24, your first mentor placed these, this, this 
this rocket up your ass really <laughs> and 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 put you onto the fast track of self-improvement you then found other mentors along the line and i guess there it's lovely to hear that because you actually took the first step where you said wow okay i can't do it alone first of all you recognize there's a problem secondly you recognize i can't do it alone Thirdly, you recognized actually there is hope out there. There are people out there who can help me. And that's essentially step one, two, and three of AA, of, of uh, Alcoholics Anonymous or any of the other um, offshoots of Alcoholics and Narcotics Anonymous, etc. So it's actually really, really powerful what has occurred to you when you were 24. But how long did then the journey actually take for you to come to the point that you're now, that that point where you actually had it together? Because at 24, you had the revelation or the catalyst hitting you. And then there is a journey starting, your own hero's journey, so to speak, to, to get to the point where you are now. How long has this journey been? This journey has been like a year and a half i'm 26 now i'm yeah. going on 20 i'm 26 and a half going on 27 yeah. about a year and a half to two years i'm not gonna lie to you okay. it, it, it is a journey okay. um it was a hell of a freaking um what do you call it roller coaster <laughs> um completely roller coaster <laughs> but i will not trade it for the world mm. that that journey ultimately played a massive part of who I am and it made me a better person. Um, but it took a while for me to really grasp it. So since, since I had that revelation with him, I was 21 and I fully moved, like got my confidence, um, everything back to the point where I can actually now sit in front of you, speak about this and actually bring impact to people. It took me like six years, no lies in total to, to get that true change. And, but I'm so grateful for it because now I can give that to be, I, I always tell people, like you said, ask for help. Don't go do your six years, try to figure it out on your own. You're going to get to the same process I did, but you can, I can help you break that process down into three to six months straight up. Then, because I, I don't want you to figure it out. Mm. There's, there's this old saying, and I love living by the saying, they always, it always says that, Money will always money will come and go. It comes in, it goes, it's it's a process. Okay. Time, once it's gone, it's gone. Mm. You will never ever get it back. So if if you can cut that time shorter, isn't that the most valuable thing that you can ever do in your life? Very, very, very true words spoken. Very true words. Nice. <laughs> And if anyone is out there and is looking at a meal and things, what is this young guy talking? Oh, come on, how can he tell me something? He's barely been out of the crib, for Christ's sake, no. And, you know, the typical kind of sort of of, of opinionated 50-year-old uh, kind of a thing. Um, you're opinionated and you're in trouble because you haven't asked for help. Okay, so let me just tell you that straight into the face. You, you, uh, life has given you lemons and you somehow tried to deal with them. 
but life has also given you a supercomputer up there. The problem is no one gave you, gave you ever the user manual. So here you are uh, trying to figure it all out yourself. And that's maybe not so clever. Why not ask someone who actually has got an idea about that supercomputer? And that's where life coaches come in, mentors come in, people like sponsors from the AA, if addiction is an issue, your GP, your family physician, because uh, you're not the first one who ends up in, in either trouble up here or trouble there or trouble combined. That's cool. You know, build a power team, build a team of people that are by your side, at your side, support you. And you want to be always the stupidest member of your team. If you know everything, why the hell do you need a team? So no, surround yourself with people who know far more than you. And in all fairness, if you wanted to learn a language from someone, it doesn't matter if this person has forever lived in there in France, let's say, um, and has lived there and is a natural speaker, or if this person has gone two years ago, emigrated to France, um, lived immersed there, they both speak probably pretty much the same, the same thing. Maybe not when it comes to Shakespeare kind of level of French or the equivalent, um, but you know, pretty much they both will be damn good teachers. What's the difference? Well. The one person who went there two years has immersed him or herself into the language and really focused on it. That's pretty good. So now they are fluent in that language. Can they teach you? Shit, yeah. So therefore, it is exactly that. So <laughs> look at yourself. And if you think that you are like me, and like I would say 99.9% .9 of people out there who have got these limiting voices, and there's someone like Emil there who can actually maybe just help you with that limiting voice. Could you imagine a life where suddenly that softer voice plays the most important role? Could you imagine a life where that could lead you? Maybe just start dreaming, just for a moment daydream and think, wow, if there's no way that I could not succeed. Where would that lead me? Who would I become? Not what, not how rich, but who would I become? Well, that gives me bloody goosebumps, just thinking about that and actually going through that. So how cool is that? So Emil, I mean, this is, this is essentially the power that you are giving these people uh, on a plate and how, I mean, you have, you have done your work now for, for quite some time. How do people respond once they have taken on this new superpower of being able to quiet that voice? What, what are the changes that you see? I see <laughs> a lot of changes. Um, Firstly, like what you just said, like they start dreaming for the first time and it differs from person to person. Some people years since they had that dream again and it just lights them up. They glow, their health, some people's health gets better. The emotional states get better. Their friendships, everything just like increases their happiness. And they didn't 
change, like we said, anything in the outside world. They just made that switch on the inside of themselves. They just fixed that relationship with themselves. And for me, the biggest change I probably think that is really like wow for me is, is that ability that people start dreaming and they actually go after it. They don't just dream. They don't have it just in their head. Now they like, they want it and they can't sit still anymore. And I've had countless clients told me like, I can't sit still, I can't sit still. I have to change something. And I told them, go for it, change. And then they do. <laughs> My first client was probably the best experience I ever had. She was also about 45 years old. And um, at that time, when I just started coaching, um, I didn't at that moment believe that I need to ask people for money. So, but I also know that people connect value towards what they pay. So I said to her, okay, cool. I'll give you this, this program for like a thousand rand, which is in dollars, probably like $70 for like a three month program, like cheap. Okay. And I think that was like all she had. Um, there's some places in South Africa that's quite poor. And she'd like give it. And she this lady gave her best. Like she showed up, she did the work, she did everything. And now she is running her own foundation. She's doing her own coaching services. She opened up, I think, three schools through a foundation within a year of just that work. And in the past, she thought she was nothing worth. Um, her husband was cheating on her, um, that she was just a failure at life, that she will never, ever have fulfillment and freedom in her life. And within three to six months, her life just like changed. And that ultimately was for me probably the best thing that I see in people. It's just that complete 180 change that they flip on their life. And that is like, like money it doesn't compare towards what you see when a person does that. It's just, I live for that feeling. It, it, it's a, I almost can't describe that, which I get through it, but that's the, that's the biggest change that I see is just people actually start dreaming again and they actually go after what they wanted to do in the first place, but they never really believed that they could. And they never really had the people that told them you can do this you are good enough you have the skills you have everything if you don't have the skill you can learn it but you can do this and that's the that's the biggest shift ultimately that that i see and when we talk about dreams i think we should qualify that and be more specific because when it comes to, to this awakening, when it comes to that realization that you can change things, a dream becomes a vision. And that vision is crystal clear. And then out of this vision, you add action to it and it becomes a mission. And then suddenly that is where things happen because you have, you have now the belief that yes, you can do it. And by having that belief, your brain asks now the right questions, or you ask the right questions, not 
and not like when you were laying the cable uh, see why will that not work your brain will come up with an idea yeah because the beam is too thick no my a drill won't be long enough to get through that beam the beam is too hard it will fuck up all the drills that we've got and it will and so on ask the brain why it will not work it will come up with the answers rest assured it's the same when you ask now um what is two and two do not think of the answer do not think of the answer you can't when i say what is two and two your brain will say four and that is exactly how your brain works your brain gives you answers constantly every single second it will give you an answer or 10 or 20 and it's just what do you ask oh i'm such a failure how could i possibly have done that oh simple because you're a failure, because you're blah, 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 blah. Your brain will come up with the answers. And how would your life be if you now rephrase that question? Brilliant, I've failed. What can I learn from that? Your brain will say, bing, 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 bing. Thank you very much, brain. How cool is that? Yeah. How cool is that? <laughs> So guys, this is this is this is life changing. This is this is survival Tuesday at its best. Okay, because that flip flip in your in your head, if you can flip that switch, that's when miracles start really, really rolling in. Damn, Emil, this is this is powerful stuff. This is beautiful stuff, and I absolutely love it. If if people really are are infused about what we are talking about, and they want to get hold of you and work with you, uh, how do they go about that? They can. The best place that I will say is to get hold of me and to actually get a lot of value from me as well. I love just adding value. Is to on Facebook. I have a Facebook group called Become Your Own Hero. Because ultimately, that's just what I want people to do. I want you to have the superpower. So they can search me on Facebook, um, join the group, become your own hero. And yeah, that, that's the best way. And every week in this group, I actually give free live trainings as well. So we do a live every single week. I actually, just before we jumped onto this podcast, I jumped off my live. And um, I was so pumped up after that. So I said, oh, are we ready for this? So, yeah. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Here you are. You took action. You went out there. And it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because you start change, you implement change, and your body says, oh, that's nice. Ooh, look at the feelings I'm getting from them. There's a, there's a smile. There's the feeling of warmth from humility. There is the feeling of success. Ooh, I did that. <laughs> you know, that's nice. These are nice feelings. Not the always, oh, I'm such a failure. No, 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 no. They're, they're cool feelings waiting there. And that's, that's such a beautiful, powerful lesson. If you create little steps of success, little micro habits, little changes here, little changes there, by the time you have blinked, you have come such a long way. And that is obviously what you are helping other people with. Mm -hmm. So now that's brilliant. Guys, look down there into the description of the uh, YouTube video and of the podcast. Emil's contact details are down there. So, you know, what could possibly go wrong? say hello to the guy hey now say hello to his facebook group um i think 
you know, you're going you're gonna to find me there. Um, so that's that's all cool. That's about the only downside that there is to it. Uh, so no, kidding, kidding. Uh, so why not? Why not? And, you know, that's the, that must be the key question to you. What could possibly go wrong? I don't hear you. That's right. There is nothing. There's nothing that could possibly go wrong. So get in contact and start the journey. Start to learn. And once you have started that, well, what might be the next step? Well, I, I don't know. It is your life. You are responsible for your life. You're the author of the, the life book that you're writing. So what's, what's going to be the next chapter? That is, that needs to be the question. Stop living a life that is run by others. Stop living a life that, that is run by that inner supervillain voice. Live a life where you ask yourself, what will I do today? What's going to be? And that is so beautiful. That's so beautiful. Emil, wow. Uh, wow, what an important topic. What a super focus you have developed on that. And because you have developed that and you're only at the start of your life, 26, 27, hell, where are you going? How do you see yourself? Uh, where do you see yourself in the sense of who do you want to become? In a year's time, in five years' time, who are there any thoughts? What is your dream? There what are, is your vision? There, there are actually my um, where I see myself actually going into the the future, and I'm going to go like quite far. Let's say like ten years into the future. Right. I actually see myself being one of the people that actually brings the change into school systems, which I feel is so, so, so needed in today's society. Mm. With this, what we spoke about today, it's being teach to children from a young age. It's being, it's to teach children, what is emotions? How does your thoughts work? What is these voices? It's, it's just to give them actual skills, actual life skills that they can use to deal with life challenges and with life adversities. And to show like, listen, life is not fair. We know this. It's not. But it's what you make out of it. It's not what has been dealt to you. It's what you've done with what you, what life gives you. Like you say, life gives you lemons. It's your choice to make lemonade. Absolutely. Or it's your choice to just throw the lemons away and say, oh, but life gave me lemons. Mm. And it's so sour. Mm. Um so that's where I really see myself going into is just to bring that into the world. And <laughs> Sorry, wanna, I'm, I'm, I'm laughing. I'm laughing. No, no. Uh, where is it? Uh, there. That little thing there. That is my first children's book that will come out oh. uh, later in the year. And that is uh, Esme, the mindful mouse who lives in our beautiful redwood forest and needs to learn mindfulness and needs to be aware of the feelings. So there you go. We are both on the same mission here. And <laughs> how beautiful is that? Because if you can change the, the children and let the, allow them to become more stronger human beings, uh, it's much easier to build up a child than to repair a broken man. And if we could just start early, you're so right. Oh, I'm so pleased for you, man. Wow. 
Uh, so, ah, I, okay, we are booking now the follow-up interview, okay, in two years' time. <laughs> right now, <laughs> this day in two years' time, we are talking again. Because ultimately, that's, a deal. You know, that's right, who knows, who knows? It is, it is just, we two are, are people who have been, uh, who, have, who have learned that change is possible. And not just possible, it is inevitable if you ask the right questions to your brain. And if you recognize what's happening in there, the, the little devil and the little, or well, in your case, the, the villain and the hero, it's actually, I liked it more than, than the devil and the angel, actually, the more I think about it. Um, that is really, really cool. So I'm really, really, really pleased that you came today onto my show. Uh, you made my day and you, you rattled my foundations. You actually asked, uh, you, you guided me to ask the right questions and to reevaluate what's happening. And for that, I'm eternally grateful because you, you will have already, with talking to me, you have created change in me. And that is, there's nothing more powerful than for me to become thirsty for, okay, that's cool. And, and already the dominoes are sort of click, 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 click up there, um, where I'm thinking, huh. So yes, there's nothing stopping me today. And I hope all of you out there are equally infused. And, and as I said, look down there in the description of the YouTube video. And whilst you're looking down there, you know, there's this little button which says subscribe. And would that not be cool if you just press that? And whilst you're pressing it, you could say, well, this was actually a really cool talk today. Maybe I'll tell my friends about that. So come on, bring the guys on and let them press the subscribe button because every every number counts. And if someone f comes across my, my YouTube channel or my podcast and thinks, oh, what's that about? And then they look at the subscribers and they look at, oh, okay, there are actually a few people there. Hmm, maybe it's something. You know, every number counts. So help us to spread the word because life is the short. The time is everything. Emil, you're so right. Money comes and goes, but time is here. And why not use the time to improve yourself, to learn how to act in an appropriate way, how to ask the right questions to your brain, and how and and to ask the important question: Who do you want to be when you grow up? Who do you want to be? And Emil can help you figure it out by actually quieting the supervillain in you. So, Emil, thank you so much for coming onto my show. I'm really, really grateful for your input today. Thank you very much, Stefan. And I want to leave your listeners with one last little tip, though. And that is the last, well, the biggest, one of the biggest lessons I've ever learned in my life. And I'm going to say when you make those changes, when you fight this villain and you flip these thoughts and you flip these um, phrases, make a game out of this. Like my first business mentor, like we put everything together, we crafted the vision, we crafted the goals, the three-month plan, the year plan, everything. And the last question you asked is like, all right, Emil, you're ready to go and do this business, make it a success. You're ready. My question is, how are you going to make it stick though? How are you going to follow through with the changes that you need to make? And I, I was pumped up at that time, like we most are, like after this um, video, after this podcast, you are pumped up. Cool. 
I told him, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to go and I'm going to do it. He's like, sweet. What is, after two weeks, two to three weeks, what you're going to do then? You know, the, the motivation, everything goes away then. I'm like, and, I stood, and I'm like, shit, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I, like, mm. what am I going to do? And he told me one thing. He's like, you're going to make a game out of this. And I ultimately called this step, make an adventure out of this because it's actually what it is. And what it actually is, is you're not going to beat yourself up. You're not going to blame yourself when you make these changes. You're a human being. So have mercy on yourself. Have um, Be kind to yourself. Don't beat yourself up. Make it fun. Make it an adventure. So what I want to say to your listeners is, and this is probably like a huge tip, is every time you make this change, give yourself some bit of love. Just pause for like two seconds. Look inside. I give myself a high five. I tell myself, you're awesome. You're one step closer. I love you. And just feel that emotion. Just feel that love. Feel that happiness. And there's a chemical reaction in your brain that actually happens when you do that. And that is ultimately, it's going to drive your brain insane to actually want to make the changes. So, and if you miss it, cool, dude, miss it. You missed it once, you missed maybe a day, you didn't, you felt, felt a bit depressed or whatever. Mm. It's all right. Mm. Tomorrow is another day. Just give yourself some love. And that is the last, last, last step that I want mm. to leave your listeners mm. with. I feel it's just yeah. so important to share that one. I love that because imagine your life guys you've had i don't know how long you've had this super villain going on about it he is very experienced or she and this voice is very very strong and has been there for a long time it will take a little bit of time it will take practice it will it will there are battles that he or she will win and but the more you practice uh, in this adventure the more you you are aware of yourself, the more you will win the battles. And sooner rather than later, that voice, the nasty voice, will become less and less and less. And that's cool. That's really, really cool. Emil, thank you so much. Uh, your words are gold and your input is gold and your energy is fantastic. So thank you so much for coming on to my show. Guys Thank out there, me, absolutely. Guys out there, look after yourself. Stay strong. Bye. <laughs>